Welcome to Race Time Radio, live tonight on Sirius XM, Channel 167 Canada Talks as well. Welcome to all of our Rev TV viewers. I'm Joe Chisholm, along with Joe Chisholm Jr., right here in the Race Time Radio studio. And the Daytona 500 Jr. just wrapped up. How about it? Ricky Stenhouse goes to victory lane. Good job for Ricky. Speed Weeks is over. It is. It's uh, game over. Put a fork in it. It's done. Uh, but, man, do we have some stories to tell. And, man, is there ever a lot of great storylines coming out of uh, out of the, uh, the the southern corridor of F- Florida. Uh, just uh, awesome speed weeks by all accounts. Uh, I don't think I missed a lap on the asphalt. Um, it was just a, a phenomenal, uh, you know, week at New Smyrna. Yeah. Got to watch all yeah, of yeah. the action on flow. As well, you know, every lap at Daytona International Speedway, um, man, they nailed it. There wasn't there wasn't a bad race this week. Yeah, there and, wasn't, and it was it was uh, really cool to see. Well, uh, going to Victory Lane on the short tracks happened over on the dirt side for Canada. I'm talking. Matt Williamson uh, gets the job done. So good job for Matty on dirt with his big block modified. He uh, went to Victory Lane, uh, and then we had some good results. On the short tracks at the World Series of Asphalt Stock Car Racing, uh, Nick Noggle uh, did a good job. Got a top five there a couple of nights in a row. Uh, so he did pretty good in the Super. Uh, Norm Newman did a good job uh, jumping into the deep end in the modified. Um, uh, even Corey, you know, Corey Luciano in the 94 car. He wrecked a couple of times hard, but uh, was starting to get some results, you know. Hadn't been in a race car for 10 years. Talk about jumping into the deep end. I'd say he jumped into the big-time deep end at New Smyrna Speedway in that uh, Prolate model. Did a good job. Yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, I think he went down there with reservations on, on you know, what was success. You know, I think we, we had him on the show. Uh, he didn't say, you know, we're going down to win every night. No, he, he went no. down there to get seat time. Um, I think it's really important. He's going to be running the full-time uh, APC schedule this year mm-hmm. with Holdaway. I think it was really important for him to get, you know, the, the rust knocked off. And what a better way to do it than to go down and run nine nights in a row. Uh, you know, not nine nights in a row for the prolate models, but you know, to be at the racetrack for nine nights in a row, Huge. um, just uh, uh, he he did a great job. I know the team was was dealt you know a terrible hand at the beginning of the week, blew up a brand new crate engine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it, it had mm-hmm. only a few laps on it. Um, uh, of course, had that issue uh, went down through the list. Uh, ended up, uh, you know, getting into a wreck right out uh, on on night number one. He knocked the rear end askew a little bit, and and they had to chase their tail a little bit, trying to trying to get the gremlins worked out from that. Uh, you know, bounced back to a couple of mid pack finishes. Uh, then lost the power steering one night and the throttle linkage, and you know had a couple of those failures that you talk about um, uh, that you know happen on, on at Speed Week. Uh, you try to eliminate them, but uh, they end up happening. And and then as well, uh, you know, towards the end of the, or at the end of the week uh, on Friday, ended up uh, with a with a really hard wreck up into the fence. But uh, yeah, I don't think any of our Canadians uh, left there feeling 
like they got the results that they that they wanted. Right. Right. I, I think that every Canadian that was down there learned lots, mm-hmm. and uh, I think they're going to bring lots back uh, back north of the border when they come, and um, you know they're going to bring lots of knowledge, and and uh, we'll make them a better team moving forward. And and uh, uh, hats off to everyone for, for attempting it. Uh, really cool to uh, to see, and then as well, there was another late model that was down there in Florida. Mm-hmm. We've seen pictures of it floating around, and um, you know, Josh Stoddy, yeah, APC United Late Model Tour, not running, uh, not running. He hauled uh, a late model, a McCall late model, yeah, that is spectacular. It is an immaculate race car, <laughs> gorgeous race car. Hauled it all the way to Florida during speed weeks, yeah. For photographs because he was getting married. Yep, yep. Josh Stoddy, I got to throw a dart at you. Yeah. You're on TV. Uh, you should have t- taken it over at least once or twice to uh, Smyrna, but uh, hopefully next year. Well, they got their feet wet. They know what it what it's like having a car down there now. Now you got to see what it does in a crowd. Well, congratulations to the Stoddy family. Seen the photos. They had a great time. Um, at the big track, Junior, we had... You want to talk about an, an exciting time uh, in in the Menards, uh, uh, the the Arkham Menards series, the two hundred that took place yesterday. Uh, two Canadians in the field. You're going to hear from both of them here tonight. Uh, Jason White almost won that race in the forty four car. Amber Balkan started dead last, and she worked her way up uh, to sixth spot. Uh, she was looking really good too. We're going to hear from both of them tonight. On the show, uh, we're going to kick it all off here shortly uh, with guest number one. Uh, Brett Holmes is in the 32 truck. Uh, he is one of those Menards champions, one of those multi-winners in the ARCA series. And uh, he's been on Race Time Radio a few times and uh, reached out to Brett before the races all start because you got to know everybody is smoking busy down there. And said to Brett, can we get you on the program? He said, Absolutely. Uh, he went full-time truck racing this year. So we're going to hear from Brett Holmes tonight on the program. We'll also get all the way out to BC, and we're going to hear from a track uh, GM uh, that you've never heard from before here on Race Time Radio. we got Pat coming up from Sarasota, Saratoga, sorry, Saratoga Speedway in BC. Pat is going to join the show, but uh, we have got a ton. You're also going to hear from the truck winner, Zane Smith. Uh, got some clips with Zane. Uh, the ARCA winner, Greg, talk about a, a thrilling win for Greg. Uh, we got some uh, voice clips from him as well. We'll hear from yesterday's Xfinity winner, uh, Austin Hill, goes to Victory Lane. Another one of those races that uh, until you get to the very uh, start-finish line, you wouldn't know who's going to win that race. Austin Hill did. We'll hear from Austin here tonight on the program. And just... Uh, Typical Daytona, Junior, like these guys and girls really did a good job this year. There was some over-the-top excitement all the way around. I'd say uh, the, the season is off to a really good start. And how about that? The Daytona 500 sold out weeks in advance, and that place looks beautiful, all jammed up with people. I've been there. Sue and I have been there for the Daytona 500 the year that Trevor Bain won the 500. That's the way it was. It was jammed right to the roof, and it's cool. Yeah, definitely. Um, a spectacular job. You know, when you look at the, um, you look at the duels. It had a decent crowd. Mm. Um, you know, I, I would say that it was a better crowd than the the past couple of years. Yeah. Um, but the truck series crowd was huge. 
Yeah. And then, you know, a, an awesome feather in the cap, moving the ARCA date to the Saturday. Um, what a super ticket. You know, it, you get to see 200 miles of ARCA racing and then 300 miles of, of Xfinity racing. Um, you can't ask for much more racing than that. Yeah. It's uh, yeah, yeah. A, an incredible amount and, and as well mixed in there is a little bit of practice time and stuff like that, qualifying for both and uh, just a uh, spectacular super ticket to, uh, uh, for the fans. Um, a wicked crowd on hand for, for watching Greg Van Alsten and, and watching Austin Hill, you know, drive away from victory lane um, in both those series. And uh, as well, when they showed the, in, the infield view, now I've been to fan, I've been in the fan zone numerous times in the infield of Daytona. Yeah. And I have never seen the infield that full, but during the race, yeah. you know, usually yeah. fan, the, the, the fan experience, the fan zone, if you will, um, it fills up because everybody goes in, tries to get autographs, you know, mm-hmm. gets up close in the garage area, and then you filter to your seat. Well, not the case this time around. <laughs> they, they were out of tickets. You know, out of tickets up yeah. in the grandstand. Yeah, so yeah. standing room only. Standing room only. So uh, where do you stand? Do you stand in in fan vision and or in, in fan vision in in um, the fan zone? Awesome to see. The place was packed, and uh, you know they, they were selling hot dogs all in in every end. So yeah, yeah, um, yeah really cool. Um, just a, I, I can't say enough about it. Great speed weeks. Uh, you know, obviously there was a couple days with weather in there. Um, but there's some races that, you know, we're going to remember for a long period of time. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The modified race at, at New Smyrna, the, the 200 the lap. 200. The 200 lap modified race with Ronnie Silk and Deven, or um, uh, uh, the 60 um, of Matt Hirschman. Uh, and uh, I believe it was the 14. Yeah. 14 was, it, was, was up it, in there. Yeah. Too. The 14 was up in there. Um, that was a phenomenal race. Yeah, it was. The race between uh, Katie Hettinger and and well, every race that she was in, yeah. that, that is a name yeah, that you're going to hear a tremendous amount about over the next three years. And she Katie ended Hettinger. up getting a win in that 81 up, car. Absolutely. Yep. And uh, uh, as well, you know, a, a huge takeaway was the Southern Super Series being at New Smyrna. Um, mm-hmm. A long, uh, extended distance super late model race, four points, um, you know, at New Smyrna. Uh, hats off to New Smyrna for doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that uh, is going to become an annual event. It was a huge success, massive crowd. Um, and then as well, you know, the stuff that we've seen on the big track. Greg Van Els winning the ARCA race was amazing. Um, you wish to hear the clips we've and, got. And then as well, yeah. you know, today is Daytona 500. Uh just a, a rocking show, and and uh, uh, it will definitely be talked about a lot. Of course, with guys like Travis Pastrana and Jimmy Johnson, and and all of the the hype that went into the it, you know the build up, it uh, it definitely lived up to the hype, and and uh, uh, ended under a yellow flag. Unfortunately, a little bit controversial, but uh, huge huge uh, huge shout out to Ricky Stenhouse and the forty seven camp for uh, for bringing it home. You know, there is, uh, when, when I take a look at Ricky Stenhouse, uh, spoke to Ricky quite a few times when I was down at Daytona doing live coverage. And, uh, you know, talking to Ricky back in the days when he was running, uh, back then it was the uh, Nationwide Series, um, he, he was limited schedule. Uh, he couldn't get all the races put together. Back then he was with Rush Fenway. And uh, talk about a guy that started at the bottom and worked his way up. Ricky Stenhouse was one of those guys 
that uh, when he started at Roush Fenway, he was sweeping the floors and doing stuff in the shop, and he worked his way up. Yeah, he was a racer, and he wanted to get behind the wheel of one of those cars, but he literally, Junior, worked his way up, and to see him today as a Daytona 500 winner uh, it's got to be just uh, surreal for Ricky Stenhouse. A great guy. Um, and, and, you know, he's had a great career. And he's got lots more time, lots more in the tank, so to speak. And he won the Daytona 500 today. Pretty spectacular for Ricky Stenhouse. Yeah, definitely. And and that team has been building, you know, for for a handful of years there. Uh, it was it was kind of the, the best-kept secret in in all of NASCAR. Yeah, JTG um, was one of the best funded race teams there was out there. You know, they had all the partners. When you when you looked down the list of of NASCAR partners, well, they had like seventy five of them <laughs> right on their yeah. team through their Kroger program. Um, you know, just and, and it's still that way today. You know, they um, they've obviously downsized to one car, and. And, uh, it, you know, they, they showed everybody how tough they are heading into this year. Uh, but the past couple of years, they've been building. You know, they hired Ernie Cope. They hired a bunch of really big names uh, on the engineering side, on the, on the setup side. Uh, you know, they partnered with Hendrick Engines. And just the list went on and on of the changes that JTG was making over the past five years. And, and uh, all steps to get to exactly where you're, where you're viewing them today. Uh, standing in victory lane at Daytona. Um, incredible to see. You know, Ricky Stenhouse got a poll for, for JTG, you know, just a, a couple of years back, an outside poll, if you will. But, uh, you know, now you see them in victory lane, and, and uh, he earned it. He he drove the wheels off that thing and, and went and got it. Yeah. Uh, incredible. Great speed weeks. We got so much to cover off tonight. I'm going to hit a quick break right now, and when we come back, we're going to get it started We'll talk NASCAR Craftsman Truck Series with the 32. If everything works right, we should have Brett Holmes on the other side of the break. Stay with us. We will be back to kick tonight's show off. Don't go anywhere. Hey, race fans. Donald Chisholm from Riverside Speedway in Nova Scotia, and you're listening to Race Time Radio. From coast to coast, coast. you're listening to Canada Talks. Race Time Radio is brought to you by RPM Race Parts. Order today. Race tomorrow. Also by VP Race Fuels, the worldwide leader in race fuel technology. And by Dawson Dental Centers. Get your victory lane smile at DawsonDental.ca. Basketball has become a global game. From legends such as Hakeem Olajuwon and Dirk Nowitzki to today's superstars like Giannis and Luka Doncic. Giannis to the rim, slam it with a left hand. There's no shortage of international talent in the NBA. World of Basketball with Fran Fraschilla is a podcast dedicated to profiling the players, coaches, and executives who have led the way in growing the sport in their countries. New episodes are available Thursday on the SiriusXM app and Pandora Podcasts. When you think NASCAR, when you think NASCAR, think SiriusXM, NASCAR. 
NASCAR radio. This may be the most important thing that's ever happened. You're damn right, baby. The races. The Daytona 500 win. I love that we have playoff racing now. The talk shows. We'd love for you guys to participate as well. The unprecedented access. Well, I'm here at the red carpet with the fans. Sirius XM, NASCAR radio, channel 90. Chastain did a video game move. Also streaming on the SXM app. I think they're happy down here. Even though Napa is a nationally known name, nearly all of our stores are built from the ground up by local owners and families. People you might call neighbors will be here, there, and everywhere. Doing what neighbors do to keep their communities moving forward. You stop by a Napa Auto Parts store, you can count on Napa know-how. Tonight's Race Time Radio is brought to you by Napa Auto Parts Stores, New Glasgow, Andy Ganesh, and Port Hawkesbury, Nova Scotia. You can count on Napa know-how. AP Race Fuels, the worldwide leader in race fuel technology. Nothing connects like country music. Country music. Dig in to Sirius XM's country universe. The next generation on the highway, channel 56. I need something you. This millennium's hits on Y2 Country Channel 61. Or 80s and 90s Prime Country on Channel 58. Tap into these and more in the country category on the SXM app. Included with all trials and popular plans. A Canadian that made an indelible mark across the world, Alex Trebek is best known as the host of Jeopardy, a show he hosted over 6,300 times since his debut in 1984. Alex won five Emmy Awards over that stretch and is still perhaps the most popular game show host of all time. His work with charities such as World Vision was tireless, and his foundation continues to benefit children across the globe. Alex Trebek, 2006 inductee on Canada's Walk of Fame. Taking you all the way to the track and back. It's Race Time Radio. And welcome back, everybody, to Race Time Radio All Live tonight on Sirius XM Channel 167 Canada Talks. And hello to all our Rev TV uh, viewers. Uh, man, oh, man, what a speed week's just incredible uh, to see the action on the track, both short tracks and uh, at the big track, uh, Daytona International Speedway. The season is firmly underway. Junior, let's hear now uh, a quick clip with... Uh, Zane Smith goes to Victory Lane. Uh, we got some uh, some of the clips from the media center. Uh, Zane Smith, of course, not only won the truck race, he's a two-time truck winner, does a really good job at Daytona, and then, of course, into the 500 he goes through the qualifying races. Zane Smith's a real deal. We haven't heard the end of Zane Smith by any stretch. Absolutely not. He's a, a championship truck driver, and, and uh, you're going to see so much more out of this kid uh, he's, he's definitely 100% the real deal. And, and, uh, man, he's even making improvements to front row motorsports, like front row racing, having him a part of that team on the truck series side, uh, you know, just, it, you can see the momentum, you can see the partnerships, um, just, uh, it's so cool to see. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I really like the fact that he's got personality. Mm-hmm. He's, uh, you know, he's a personable person. 
but he also has personality. He's fiery. He's he's got the whole package. And and uh, really, when you look at at prospects, if you will, if there's a prospect in the sport, he's he's got to be on that list. He's got to be at the top of that list. Um, and uh, you know, I, I think we're going to see lots from him. But uh, he was definitely pumped up after that win. He sure was. Of course, uh, right at the end of the race, if you miss the truck race, you've got to go back and have a look at it. Uh, rain did break out. He had to be in the right place at the right time to win that race. Zane Smith definitely was. Here's what he had to say in the media center at the conclusion of that big win for him. Here's Zane Smith. Yeah, I guess starting on at practice uh, yesterday, I was I was pretty happy with my truck, how it drove. And um, obviously there's a lot of new people and new places and a lot of rookies. And um, obviously a, a lot of them qualified well and, uh, I was a little worried there, but my plan was to kind of hook up with with Chase and um, Parker and, and Corey, and um, we kind of stuck to that plan, and uh, I saw those guys try to make three wide work way too early for a few stage points, and I just didn't see that uh, risk versus reward there. So fortunately, um, stay out of those two messes and um, – charge to the front after stage two and kind of maintain that track position and fortunately got to the lead at the right time. Yeah, right time, right place. And that's what you got to be at Daytona International Speedway in these plate races. Uh, it's all about momentum. It's all about being in the right place at the right time. And you got to have uh, the goods. So you do control your luck uh, to a certain extent at that speedway. I know you can be a byproduct of, you know, the, the type of racing but uh, Zane Smith definitely got the job done. Uh, nice to see. Second truck win at Daytona. Good job. Yeah. It, it, and then, you know, in all forms of racing, it's the same way. There is a certain amount of luck that goes into winning every single race that's out there. Um, you know, whether it be a bolt holding on just, you know, uh, or, or not backing all the way out or whatever. There's a million different things that, that can be classed as luck. And there's a million different things that say that, you know, you could control them. The thing that I really like about Zane Smith is he doesn't always have the fastest truck. No. And... I would say Borderline never has the fastest truck. Uh, when you look down the list of of competitors in that truck series, the KBM trucks, you know, over the past few years, have been the class of the field. Mm-hmm. GMS trucks, yep. over over the past couple of years, have been the class of the field. Um, and you know, every once in a while, you see the Thor Sport guys sprinkled in there. Every once in a while, you see Zane Smith's name towards the top of the list. Uh, whether it be in practice or whether it be in the race. Uh, but nine times out of ten, if there's five trucks, Zane's out of the top five, mm-hmm. and Zane is in the top five, he's probably fifth on the speed chart. He always has the ability to put himself in position to win the race at the end. You know, he's not a guy that's going to go out there and lead. Now, not to say that that's not the way he's going to turn out to be, but right. but in the situation where he's at right now, he he's the type of guy that's going to lead three out of the 120 laps or three out of the 200 laps. Um, you know, just be there at the end. Um, and, uh, you know, that's just the, the way that, that his career has kind of morphed into. Um, but that's I really like a driver like that. It's not a flashy way of going about it. He's not the, you know, the guy that's that's just in the, the space shuttle of a truck and, and can just go at the, the drop of a hat. 
Um, he's got to work for it. And and uh, those journeyman-style racers are usually the ones that turn out to be the best. Uh, you know, you look at guys like Kurt Busch. You look at guys like Matt Kenseth, uh, Carl Edwards. Mm-hmm. You can say the same thing about all those types of drivers um, who really had to work for it. Ross Chastain would be like the yeah. the pinnacle of what we're talking about right yep, now. Yep. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, he's... He's in very competitive equipment. He's in decent equipment comparatively um, to to the top teams. Um, but then also it's not the best of the best. So right, right. it's, uh, you know, for him to go out there and get a championship, for him to go out there and get race wins uh, and get, you know, podium finishes here and there, um, and and more often than not end up in the top five, um, just a, an incredible uh, uh, effort. And I, I can't wait to see what happens with Zane Smith over the next five years. No, he's uh, really got a career in front of him. He's the right age to, uh, you know, to get the opportunities, and he's going to do the best that, uh, that, that you can imagine with the opportunities. Uh, let's have a look at the results, shall we, in the truck race. And I might add, uh, we're going to hear from Jason White tonight. He is coming up uh, right at the beginning of hour number two. And Jason from Sun Peaks, BC, did double duty at Speed Weeks. He ran uh, the truck race on Friday night, and uh, he ran the ARCA race as well. So uh, we got lots to talk to Jay about in hour number two. But let's have a look at the truck results right now. Of course, Zane Smith, we heard from him, wins the race. Uh, in second spot, Tanner Gray. He had a good truck, looked really good, uh, kind of thought that maybe uh, Tanner Gray was going to pull one out here. Uh, Christian Eckes, it was funny, in the rain delay, they're asking the different drivers. Uh, Zane saying, well, man, it's raining super hard. The race is done. It's got to be done. And, of course, NASCAR was trying to get things dried up and get it back under the green flag. And uh, it was funny listening to Christian uh, Eckes. He said, no, 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 we're not going to end this race like this. I want that green flag to come back out because I'm going to win this, baby. Uh, it was kind of funny. Uh, depending on what end you were on. Absolutely. Uh, Christian Eckes, uh, he, he was very colorful and pretty cool. Uh, finished the race up third. Uh, Kobe Howard. How about Kobe Howard? Fourth in that race. Uh, back to Grand End Finger. The GMS 23 champion Chevrolet ends up with the top five. Um, Grand End Finger also looked real good in that race. Kind of thought he was going to sneak it out, and he was sort of jostling for position, getting that uh, that, that champion truck ready to pounce, and uh, ran out of time. Yeah. Ran out of time. But that's your top five in the race. Uh, Ty Majeski was in there. Uh, Tyler Ankrum did a pretty good job. Uh, new team. Uh, the only thing that was the same is the Lioness sponsorship and the driver behind the wheel. The rest was different. Got top ten finish out of that. Out of Daytona into the next race, pretty good results, and that's what you want. Yeah, there's uh, lots of alliances there uh, that are similar from last year for Ankrum, but uh, um, for sure, when you look at uh, the new involvements and and the new alliances, I think I, I was surprised all the way down through the list, both on the Truck Series, the Xfinity Series, and the Cup Series. Um, New alliances didn't like they were a good thing mm-hmm. this year. Big time, and uh, you know there was a lot of teams that made a lot of moves and shakes uh, over the course of the off season, and and uh, you know there there was a lot of 
contract extensions. There was a lot of different things like that, but there was a lot of moving and shaking as well. Um, you know, all the way up and down the grid. It wasn't like it was just back markers. It was, yeah. you know, top teams merging with top teams. And, and uh, you know, there was there was a lot of information sharing and, and then manufacturing swap or manufacturer swaps as well. Yeah. Um, you know, when KBM pulled the pin on Toyota, that opened up a massive void mm-hmm. in the truck series. And that created this, this domino effect um, if you will, because it, it, it opened up the, the, you know, it opened up an opportunity for another team to become a KBM. Mm-hmm. And once that happened, um, you know, it kind of left Ford, uh, on the outside looking in. And, uh, um, you know, I think that we're going to see some, some pretty unique things, uh, come from that even still into 2024, um, just because of the lack of involvement overall. So I wouldn't doubt that you see some, uh, some, some pretty big, uh, things next silly season, um, that, uh, that directly affect what we're watching. And, uh, you know, it was, it was a lot this season, but I think you're going to see it tee up, uh, even more for next year. How about Matt Crafton? 20 years now with Menards on the side of that truck for Thor Sport. Talk about a solid sponsorship. Uh, Matt Crafton, Menards, and Thor Sport for that. Matt Crafton has made a career driving in the uh, Camping World Truck Series. Well, Craftsman Truck Series. Here I go. Nickel in the jar, right? Yeah, absolutely. You can make you can make a living driving a super late model. You know, it's uh, it totally depends on on the the ownership structure and nah. Uh, it depends on and how on much money you want to put out, how much money the owner wants to put out. Exactly. And, you know, it's uh, it's it's interesting when you when you look at it, um, the business model for Duke and Rhonda Thorson, um, it fits so well, you know, under the Menards brand. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it's I, I don't see it going anywhere. Um, you know, like I, I don't see that relationship changing at all. Um it, and they do such a good job at executing with all the other partners within Menards. You know, you you look down through uh, as as the year progresses, and you'll see you know different brands that are sold within Menards on the hood of that that eighty eight truck, and mm-hmm. whether it be Gugon or whether it be Great Lakes Windows and Doors or you know <laughs> whether it be Beef Jerky, um, uh, there's there's all different types of names that you see kind of rotate through. Uh, both on Crafton's side, but as well on Brandon Jones's side, um, and and on on Ryan Blaney's side on the Cup Series, so um, they they use that uh, this sport as as a huge flyer, um, and and create some really in, in intuitive relationships uh, with their suppliers. Um, that end up making Menards a tremendous amount of money. So um, their racing program is is not costing them money. No. If you look at it, their racing program is making them money hand over fist, and uh, it is it, it's a great thing for the sport. It's a great thing for the business, and very surprising that more of those big block chains uh, like uh, you know the Home Depots and the Lowe's and all those guys aren't taking advantage yeah. of it. They're not jumping in, not like Menards. Menards is really growing with their relationship to motorsports. Absolutely. Uh, they, they've done an amazing job. Travis Pastrana stands out in that truck series, finishes 13th. Uh, yeah. That Great run for Travis. He's not a regular in there. He's just a an adrenaline junkie, if you will. He did really good in that Daytona 500. He came so, so close to coming away with either a really good finish or 
maybe even the victory had that last caution not come out. Well, how how the caution uh, fell, I believe that he's going to end up with a really good finish regardless. Yeah. Um, and well, I'll check it when we're on break. I'll see if we got the finishing results. Yeah, definitely. I, I think that he'll probably cycle into the top 10. Um, you know, just the way that uh, once the, the caution, you know, kind of falls and he didn't have that much damage, he kept going. So um, I I think that he's going to cycle through to uh, to have a decent finish. Now, I could be wrong because I'm not looking at the results, but uh, I know that once they freeze the field, um, that's that's where you're at. So and he was, you know, the, the second car to, to start that wreck. So, uh, yeah. Um, yeah, there there wouldn't have been a whole lot of cars make it through. So, um, yeah, but yeah, he did a great job in both. He, uh, you know, he did good back in the day when he drove for Roush. He did good. He didn't yep. do great. He didn't do exceptional. But he hasn't been in a vehicle for a long time. Well, not he's in been NASCAR. in a vehicle. He was in not a NASCAR. rally car last weekend. Yeah, not in NASCAR. No, not in NASCAR. That's right. Correct. But but and a lot of things have changed since he was in NASCAR. But the guy, a guy like that is so versatile that you know fear is is eighty percent of the thing that holds you back of being <laughs> yeah, yeah. a good race car driver. Yeah, yeah. If you can jump out of an airplane with no with no parachute, no parachute on, or you can attempt a, a double backflip on a motorcycle. Yeah. Um, I mean, fear, fear is nothing for that guy. So, yeah. uh, 80% of being a good race car driver is not having any fear. And, and I can guarantee you that that makes Travis Pastrana 80% of a good race car driver without having any of the other stuff. So, um, he's agile. He's, he's, you know, he's obviously got great, you know, hand eye coordination, um, you know, from, from everything that he does racing wise and, and stunt wise, um, you know, he he's a good driver. You know, you just watch some of the videos uh, of him in rally and, and some of the things that he did. He went down there to Volusia County and picked up a Gator this year. Yeah. You don't just show yeah. up to Volusia County and never having driven a dirt car. Right. And win at Volusia County. No. You don't do never. that. That's like, you know, that is honestly like going to Daytona for the first time and winning the Daytona 500. It's uh, it's the it's exact tough. it's it the is. exact same type of thing, right? He beat the best of the best in dirt modified racing, and uh, you know it's he'd never strapped into one. He'd mm-hmm. never never even looked at a, a dirt car. So um, it's so cool to uh, to see uh, the success, and and he adds such a neat element to the fan base. The fan base. I've seen a ton of photos, just guys like uh, Trayton Lapsovich with a photo with, with you know, uh, Travis Pastrana. Mm-hmm. A guy like Trayton doesn't walk up and get a picture with, with Jimmy Johnson. Yeah, no. He's just a race car driver, right? But, right. But with Travis Pastrana, he does. So, uh, you know, just I've I seen a pile of people on Twitter and, and social media and just, like, people that are true blue fans of, of what the guy can do. And, and uh, man, I was pulling for him at the end of that race. Yeah, it, it was awesome. He did a great job. Uh, it, it was uh, – Pretty incredible. Looks like uh, Brett Holmes He's standing uh, us up. could be having a little difficulty connecting. I don't know. Uh, there, if you're at the racetrack, uh, trying to get uh, a signal out is going to be a challenge until things start clearing out. Been at the Speedway before, trying to get some kind of Internet conductivity, and uh, it, it's definitely difficult when the place has got 200,000 people around it. So. Uh, that could be the problem with Brett here tonight. Um, but we do have Amber Vulcan coming up one way or another. Hopefully we get her on Zoom and we'll be able to see her and talk to her 
Uh, but we've already got a preset with Amber that if she can't get any kind of conductivity that way for Zoom, she's going to be uh, calling us up. So we will hit this next break. And when we come back, we'll continue the discussion. We'll talk ARCA next. And we'll hear from Amber Balkan. Jason White is coming up. You'll hear from the winner of the ARCA race. we got lots more to come here tonight on Race Time Radio. We'll step out, take this quick break, and be back with you all live tonight on Sirius XM, Channel 167, Canada Talks. Hey, race fans, this is Trevor Bain, and I'm glad you're listening to Race Time Radio. From coast to coast, coast. you're listening to Canada Canada Talks. It's time to get back to the racetracks. For over 30 years, Quick Quick Fire Starters have fueled the sport on and off the track, making lighting your campfire as easy as one, two, three. There's no need for kindling or paper. Just pop your Quick Quick Fire Starter in the pit, add your wood, and presto, you're a pro. Quick Quick Fire Starters, no harmful chemicals, and guaranteed to light your fire every time. Quick Quick Fire Starters, the world's best fire starter. Hey everyone, this is World Series champions Lance McCullers Jr. and Carlos Correa. We're excited to announce that our podcast, The Walkout, is now available on SiriusXM. Each episode, we go inside the world of combat sports, providing hardcore analysis, honest opinions, and top picks for every fight. If you share the same passion for combat sports as we do, you need to listen to The Walkout. Episodes are available on the SiriusXM app, Pandora, and wherever you get your podcasts. Rev TV, your motorsports and automotive destination. Watch live races from around the world and right here at home from two wheels to four and so much more. Rev TV is your source for motorsports. Rev TV features exclusive race series, up-to-date news coverage, documentaries, how-to programs, and adrenaline-filled lifestyle programs 24-7. Go green with Rev TV. Contact your TV provider to order. Tonight's Race Time Radio is fueled by... AP Race Fuels, the worldwide leader in race fuel technology. If you're a Springsteen fan, you just found the promised land. Hear rare interviews and performances. Live concerts. Is there anybody alive? Celebrity guest DJs. This is Rob Lowe. Hey, baby, it's little Steven here. And more exclusives when listening to Bruce Springsteen's channel. Welcome, Bruce Springsteen, to E Street Radio, your home away from home. Great to meet you. E Street Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 20. Explore the musical world of an American rock and roll troubadour on his very own channel. Tom Petty Radio. All of Tom's music, influences, collaborations. This is Tom Petty here on The Very Treasure Show. Heartbreakers hosted shows. Check out my show, The Breakdown with Mike Campbell. And more. It's Tom Petty Radio. Channel 31. It's And in the SXM app, included with all trials and popular plans. Did you know you can get home and away feeds for every NFL, NBA, and NHL game on your phone? I can't believe it! Every game, all season. It's all on the SXM app. Sports the way they're meant to be heard. With your hometown announcers just, just a tap, tap away. Yeah. Search for your team, then tap the star on the corner of the screen and save it as your favorite. It is gone! An incredible finish! 
And if you love college sports, when the game is on, just search for your school. It's always a home game when you listen to sports on the SXM app. Free for most subscribers. We're just getting started. That's right. Joe hasn't stuck his foot in his mouth yet. But hang tight, it's coming. Now, back to more Race Time Radio and Joe Chisholm. And welcome back, everybody, live tonight on Race Time Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 167, Canada Talks, and we are on Rev TV Canada. So welcome to all of our viewers there. Let's get to the Zoom line, and let's welcome in, how about Amber Balkan? She ends up with a sixth-place finish, started dead last in that ARCA 200, and that lady drove that number, uh, that, that car, you just drove it right up to the front. Amber, how are you tonight? Nice seeing you. Oh, I'm great. I'm still at Daytona here. Watch the 500 today, and it's it's been a great weekend. I bet. Man, you did a great job behind the wheel of that race car. Of course, you ran ARCA last year. Uh, you, you're no stranger to those ARCA cars. You did a great job last year, uh, but, man, you did a really good job in that ARCA 200. How did it feel at Daytona? You came this close to winning in that Venturini machine. Oh, I know the you know Venturini Motorsports was a really good car to get me for me. It was really fast. Um, it was pretty loose. It was pretty free. I'm sure you got saw me get free a little bit a few times. Um, but the Icon Direct 15, it, it was ready to go to the front. And there was a point where we were up to third, and uh, we got on the high. The car worked a lot better on the high side. It was um, really really loose on the bottom. So every time we could get to the high side, we could pull some really good runs and. We actually were, I think, about to go for the lead there before that caution came out. So I was not happy about that caution. There's too many cautions. Um, but all in all, you know, we came from the back to the front. We got shifted to the back again a couple times and back up to the front. So it just really shows how much speed was in my car. And um, I was I was aggressive. I was wanting to win. <laughs> yeah. And you could see that, Amber. Uh, Stability-wise, the car looked like it was nice and stable. Uh, was uh, it must have been a methodical plan. You had a long way to go from starting 35th in that race to move your way yeah. right up to the front. Uh, there was a lot of str- st- strategy yeah. that would have went into that. There was, yeah. You know, uh, myself and Billy Venturini, the team owner, had a talk the night before since our radiator blew in qualifying and we didn't get to put a lap down. And he said, you know, just get me to the top 10 before the halfway break and we'll contend for the winner. And uh, before the halfway break, I got it up to top three. So I uh, definitely executed on that plan. And that was, that was good. Um, wish the last 20 laps were a little bit smoother. Um, you know, I worked with the number six car for a little bit. He started at the back with me as well and worked with him to get up to the front and, I was hoping he was going to work with me at the end there, but he put us three wide, which really, really hurt. Oh, we lost Amber. She'll dial back in. She is at the Speedway, and uh, like I mentioned, the conductivity is uh, pretty tough, but I can see Amber. She'll she'll dial back in, and we'll uh, get her back up on the Zoom line. Junior, quite a race, and she did a magnificent job working her way through. Yeah, definitely. There There was so much contact uh, throughout the the last two thirds of that race, mm. you know, door to door contact. Me? Yes, ah, we can, we hear, can you now. hear you, Amber. We can't see you, but we can hear you. That, okay, I, 
Okay. Yeah, I lost you guys. Um, if you can hear me, that's great. But uh, yeah, like, like I said, I was hoping that, you know, the number six was going to help us push us to the front. But he, he wanted the win, too, and he went three wide, which really hurt our, our push to the front. So I think if he would have been behind us, we really would have had a shot to win. But, you know, that's Daytona. You need you need help. And unfortunately, a couple of my Venturini teammates weren't able to be up front with me. You know, one had uh, unfortunately crashed out and then uh, the other ones had a little complication. So I think if I had my teammates with me, it would have been a different story. But LP6, career best friend for me, pretty happy with it. Absolutely. you got to be happy with it. Uh, I was just kind of saying while we were waiting for the, the connection to, to come back up, Amber, uh, there was a tremendous amount of contact. Uh, it's not new for the Arca Series to see contact, uh, you know, at, at Daytona and, and, you know, wrecks to happen. But there was a tremendous amount of contact where wrecks didn't happen. Uh, were you surprised at all by the by the aggressiveness of everybody towards the middle portion of that race? Uh, and, and were you surprised at the amount of contact without wrecking um, that, uh, that not just you, I mean the entire field kind of experienced? Yeah, you know, you always expect the big one, and we never really got that big one. There was uh, multiple, like, little ones, I guess you could say, but um, all in all, I think everyone held it together pretty good. It Definitely everyone was aggressive. I got pushed a lot of times. You know, I was pushing cars. One thing with these venturing cars, they, they have a lot of speed in them, so I really had to learn how to manage the throttle and the brake and, and play with those two because there are times I'd get really big runs and I'd have to – get on the brakes to not hit the guys in front of me. So um, a lot of a lot of footwork goes into this that you don't necessarily see on the TV. You bet. We're with Amber Vulcan. She is from Winnipeg, Manitoba. Accomplished race car driver, uh, Amber, down south now, doing a great job. She was at Daytona in that ARCA race, the 200 that took place just uh, Saturday, and uh, started 35th, worked her way all the way up into that sixth position. And she definitely had her eye on that for the start-finish line. She wanted to be up there with the 44. Was there at any point, Amber, uh, Jason White, Sun Peaks, BC, fellow Canadian, uh, was uh, looking pretty good coming uh, until the last corner. And then it looked like the energy switched. The 35 car went high. Uh, were you uh, looking at the 44 at all? Was there a way that you could have maybe got together with the 44 to continue the run? We lost Amber. Can you hear me now? We can hear you a little bit. Give it a whirl. All right. What was the question you said there? Uh, Looking for the 44. Did you see the 44? uh, Were you thinking maybe you and Jason could hook up to uh, do those last few turns or uh, I guess the the traffic was so much, it would have been uh, pretty difficult other than trying to find your way through to that sixth place finish. Yeah. Um, you know, I didn't know that the 44 was in the lead at the time. Um, Jesse Love, one of my teammates, he was able to get back up there with me. So I was working with my spotter really to just get linked up with Jesse to see what we could do, uh, the us, us two of us together, to push our each other to the front. So I, I wasn't aware until after the race. Um, that Jason was up there, which is so cool to have two Canadians up front like that. Like that, that's really awesome. But um, I mean, maybe next time we actually raced together a lot last year at Daytona. Um, but this year we're both in better equipment. And I mean, obviously that showed. 
Yeah, it sure did. So what's this do now, Amber? Uh, I, I believe I heard through the broadcast that you had a limited schedule laid out for ARCA this year uh, with Venturini. Are, does, does coming home six at Daytona, does that help the program? Does that move it where, you know, maybe we can look forward to seeing more races? Yeah, I sure hope so. You know, for me, everything comes down to sponsorship. I go and find my own sponsors. Without sponsorship, I'm not able to race. I don't have any family money or anything like that. So without sponsors, I can't race. And uh, my sponsors, with the the way that their industries went, they had to pull back on their funding this year. So I'm always looking for more sponsors to add more races. I'd like to do all the big races, at least this year in the Arc Menard Series. So if you're looking for more sponsors uh they definitely got lots of tv time which was fantastic and um I, I hope that this strong run can you know not only have my team happy and excited and, and believe in me and want me to come back but also have sponsors uh want to support me as well well and there's no reason why you shouldn't have sponsorship uh you did a magnificent job not only in daytona but watching it through last year you know how to get the job done, and the results are all starting to fall into place. Got to ask you, how's your dad doing? Uh, I know he's an accomplished racer, multi-champion <laughs> out there in Manitoba. How's your dad making out? Uh, was he down at Daytona watching you do what you do? Oh, yeah, absolutely. My parents, they went. They actually traveled to almost all of my races last year. Like, there were races that they traveled 24 hours to, to drive to and um then coming to daytona like they're just as excited as i am to be here and watch me and you know they listen to the radio the whole time and they're on the edge of their seats the whole time so as as excited as this is for me they are super excited and, and really um enjoying the journey as well well uh, they, they would absolutely love that race at daytona when's your next race what do you got on your schedule looking forward and uh, uh i know we can't wait to see you get back behind the wheel yeah, so our next race is Talladega in April, which will be another fun one for sure. I love super speedway racing. It's intense. It's crazy. You never know what's going to happen, but I love the speed of it. I love the thrill of it. And now having one super speedway under our belt for this year, I feel really good going into Talladega. Well, we've got to get you some funding. That would be super. Amber, uh, it's great yes. catching up with you tonight. We uh, genuinely appreciate the time and uh, you enjoy yourself down there. I know you'll head back to Charlotte and get things all ready to go. Congratulations on a great run at Daytona. Can't wait to see you behind the wheel at Teledega. It's going to be awesome. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me on. And thank you to all the Canadians who support and, you know, tune in. It, it really means a lot to us. And if you are interested in sponsorship, you can email me at amberbalkanrace or amberbalkan at gmail.com or amber at amberbalkanracing.com or message me on any of my social media links at amberbalkan10. That sounds awesome. We'll get you back on before Teledega. We'll do some preview. And how's that sound? Sounds good. Thank you for having me on. You betcha. That's Amber Vulcan. Uh, great run for Amber down at Daytona. Uh, really good to see she really has potential, Junior. I've seen a big difference between Amber driving last year and to see what she did at Daytona. Man, I'll tell you what, she's the real deal.
Yeah, definitely. And, you know, she's went out there and won in, in 360 and 410 sprints, uh, you know, across the board. And, and uh, uh, anybody who can win in a 410 sprint can, can drive a, an ARCA car, that's for sure. Uh, and, uh, you know, next time we get her on, just so everybody is aware, she's, of course, in the infield of Daytona International Speedway right now. Um, cell towers are not built to have 250,000 people in one little spot. Um, so it's, uh, it's pretty tough to get a good cell phone reception, uh, for, for anybody that's in that little corridor of Daytona beach, Florida right now. But, uh, uh, you know, it's, that's next time we get her on the program, we'll have a better cell reception and, uh, we'll be able to, uh, we'll be able to get a better uh, picture quality, but, uh, um, yeah, no, Amber did a great job. Uh, you know, she's done a great job a number of times, um, in, in the Arkham Menard series and, Obviously, it's it's taken some time to build up, and and uh, you know she she was in decent equipment last year, in really good equipment now with the Venturini deal, and uh, you know it's definitely her time to shine, and and uh, uh, really you know you've got a handful of races where you where you got to make a big impression, and and uh, she's making the most of it, and and definitely sick, coming off a sixth place finish that. You know, she didn't back her way into a sixth place finish. She drove all the way through that race, um, and and there was still a tremendous amount of cars on the lead lap. And um, you know, she she earned a sixth place finish. Um, it was uh, it was definitely a lot of fun to watch, and and uh, looking forward to seeing what she can do at Talladega. Absolutely, let's hear from the winner now. Uh, Greg did an amazing job in that thirty five car. He puts everything into that program and. Uh, he did. He's uh, been committed. He's had a li- lifelong dream to be at Daytona and compete. And uh, sure enough, he did it, and he did a tremendous job. Let's hear from him now in the media center here. No, absolutely not, man. I, I know everybody says they dream of racing, but, I mean, it's, it's what I live for. And, and uh, yeah, we was back. Uh, we was here in 2001, and, and uh, I just knew that I wanted to be on, on the big tracks. I love short track racing, but, man, the big tracks just feel like the big leagues. And, um, uh, you know, everything – sorry, my crew and stuff's walking in. It's getting me emotional. Um, but, uh, uh, man, it just – everything I've done is to race. I mean, I love my wife. I love my family. And and they have supported me. My wife and I have been together since high school. She's been to I don't know how many races. This is the first time she's been in the garage in 17 years or the pits. Since we've been married, she has not been able to come to the garage and the pits with us because of our kids. And I told her back in December she had to come because I was winning Daytona. And um, here we are. Yeah, and here we are. Uh, he did that. He won Daytona. Uh, one other quick clip I got to play uh, is, uh, it, well, here, just have a listen to this. This is Greg as well. I had to watch the replay because I didn't know what happened. Like, I was so focused that it just it just happened. And, and um, I mean, I, I, I knew if I pushed the 44 and just locked with him, um, I was either going to wreck him or just keep the train going and, and I got locked onto him good, and and um, I knew if I could get the two clear down the back stretch, and we could get separated. Um, the 18 uh, had kind of told us early in the race that we were best friends, and and um, I knew if I if I sucked back and got the run uh, going down the back stretch, that 
I, I kind of hoped he would go with me because it was going to be his best option. And um, it just played out perfect. I got right to the right rear quarter panel, and and uh, Connor gave me a shot coming off a of four, and that was it. Yeah, and that was it. It was Jason White's race until that particular point. But you got to know energy is everything in these cars. Um, and you know, if Jay would have thrown the block, I'm oh, he positive he would have got, got ran over. Oh, 100%. Uh, because the, the the help that he had behind him, uh, Jason White was so strong up until that point. Uh, he got out a little bit. You could just as soon as I could see how much space was in between, I was going, oh. Oh, come on, come on, Jason White, you got to win this race. He was so, so damn close. Uh, but you know what? It's Daytona, and See, that kind of stuff happens. And this is where I disagree with you on, on that on that portion. Jason was strong as a driver, 100%. Oh, Jason yeah. did everything that you could possibly do uh, to win that race. Jason did a phenomenal job. And not to take anything away from their crew, from their people, from anything. And I don't want to take anything away. That was Greg Van Alst's race to win. It was actually Connor Mozak's race to win. Um, I was surprised that it didn't play out that way, where the 18 would have won. Um, the 44 car did not have the speed that that the 35 did, and and it it didn't have it in qualifying. It didn't have it in practice. It didn't have it anywhere. And, you know, what those guys are notorious for doing is is keeping the energy built up and keeping the energy so that you have it when you need it. Um, so it's it's interesting. I know that, uh, Jason, you can tell when there's a really fast car out front because the entire field goes single file in a hurry, right? The entire field just goes and it blows into a single file run and, you know, it's a freight train. And then it's really difficult for you know, two or three or four cars back to get a run. Um, that outside lane stayed right there. And you can tell when a car that's not as good or not as good aero-wise, not as good motor-wise, whatever it might have been, wasn't necessarily as fast as some of the other cars that were up there. Um, it was in Greg Van Els, it was in Connor Mozak's, it was in Jesse Love's, it was in all of their best interest to keep that 44 directly where he was until it was time to go. And when it was time to go, it was like a light switch went off. And that's why you didn't see anybody dive in with the 44 as well. If if Jason had went out and got the pole or Jason had went out and qualified sixth with the thing, you know, in the top ten or qualified fourth. Just outside that top you, ten. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I if hear he, what if, you're if saying. He would have, if he would have qualified, you know, up front, right, or or if he would have shown that it had raw speed, um you would have had a more spread out lead up front and I'm not saying anything bad about the equipment that he's in, but no, there's, no. there's a difference in the, what, what is underneath the, the, the wrap of the 18 and what's underneath the wrap of the 44, um, you know, of the nuts and bolts of it. And, uh, you know, when I look at, at, you know, moving forward, Jason, you know, if the roles were reversed, he has to throw that block. You know, that's that's kind of your only option is is to create that that mayhem or that, that havoc in order to stay in, in line. I gotcha. Okay, look, we are right up on long. Uh, I got to throw it back to Sirius XM, 90-second news update, and then Jason White joins us on the other side. I can see Jason up. I know he's going to be with us. Back to Sirius XM, 
90 seconds, and then we are back with you live. And we got the man from Sun Peaks, B.C. that was right there. He will tell us exactly what all transpired, and uh, it'll replay a million times in Jay's mind. But here we go. Back to you at Sirius XM. We're back in 90 seconds. You're listening to Canada Talks on Sirius XM, channel 167. Time Radio is brought to you by the Quality Inn, Halifax Airport, the official stay of the Race Time Radio broadcast crew. Also by APX Racewear, the motorsports leader in custom crew apparel and fire suits. Also by the Wooden Door Bistro. When you think NASCAR, when you think NASCAR, Sirius XM NASCAR Radio. This may be the most important thing that's ever happened. You're damn right, baby. The races. The Daytona 500 win. I love that we have playoff racing now. The talk shows. We'd love for you guys to participate as well. The unprecedented access. Well, I'm here at the red carpet with the fans. Sirius XM NASCAR Radio, Channel 90. Chastain did a video game move. Also streaming on the SXM app. I think they're happy down here. We're back with our number two of Race Time Radio. With the two Joes here on Race Time Radio on Sirius XM 167. We're getting them talks. And we are back with you absolutely live tonight on Sirius XM Channel 167 Canada Talks. And hello to all of our Rev TV viewers. Uh, all tonight on Rev TV. Let's get to that Zoom line and let's welcome in a guy that was uh, double duty on Saturday. Uh, he ran the ARCA race, he ran the truck race, and he damn near won that ARCA Menards 200. Uh, let's welcome him in from Sun Peaks, BC. We got Jason White with us. What's going on, Jay? You came so, so close, buddy. How are you doing? <laughs> I'm still. In denial. <laughs> I'm going to live with that one for a long, long time, rethinking that one out, that's for sure. But, uh, yeah, it's, that's a hard pill to swallow, man, that's for sure. I wouldn't doubt it. Jason, uh, you led a lot of laps, man. Uh, there was absolutely no denying. It wasn't, uh, you know, pit stops. It wasn't circumstances that put you in the lead. You went from the back to the front, and you led a lot of laps. You did have a strong 44, correct? Yeah, we really did have a good hot rod. Um, you know, I was, I was just listening a little earlier when Joe was talking, but we had a lot of problems in practice. We actually blew up the motor. We were on seven cylinders in practice. So, yeah, we didn't show real well in practice. And then we were thrashing to get the motor in just before qualifying. And then the starter, starter packed it in when we changed the motor. Motor came from Charlotte that night. So um, we had to change the starter. We got it ready about half an hour before qualifying. Um, in qualifying in uh, in ARCA, it's a it's a seven car uh, draft, and you know we somehow we got up to the to the pack, and then we lost the draft. So we had a bad qualifying effort, but the car really did have a lot of speed. And uh, you know I, I I wanted to go earlier, but I just looked up there and I saw a lot of movement, and I didn't like what I saw, so I I chose to stay back. And TJ Bell was my spotter, great spotter, best spotter I've ever even heard on a radio before. Sorry, Joe. <laughs> but uh, he um, he was so good for me. I learned so much from him yesterday. And, and we just stayed calm for the first part of the race. I, I, I felt like I could have got up there a lot sooner if I really wanted to. But uh, we just let the race play out. And we got that first caution under under our belt. We had to uh, – we were a little tight coming off at two. I couldn't be on the bottom at all. I needed to be on the top. So we made an adjustment on our pit stop. 
and then I could be on the top or the bottom and the car was fast either way. So then I started moving up and picking them off and, uh, yeah, worked our way all the way up and, and drafted our way to the front and, uh, you know, had a few mishaps along the way. We got, you know, knocked, not coming off the four, but I just kept my foot in it and, and saved it. And, uh, that pushed, pushed us up into the lead. So, you know, it was, it, it wasn't without a bunch of, uh, you know, things that needed to line up and, you know, with the motor blowing and stuff like that, we didn't expect that, but, you know, Jeff McClure put on a, uh, put out a really great race car for me that drove really well. And that's what any race car driver can ever ask for is just, just let it drive well. And, and, and we didn't have the biggest power. Of course, nobody has the power of the 18. Um, nobody has the power of those, those few cars that were up at the front there, um, including us. So you, you really just got to be on your game and you, and you got to keep your momentum. And that's what we were, you know, we did for a good 15 laps there. And, you know, TJ, uh, TJ Bell gave me a, a new one. He said, just pretend you got a paint roller out the window and you're just painting that yellow line brighter. And he just kept saying, paint that line, paint that line. And I was not lifting off of that line. I, I, I don't think I went three inches off that line. So I did everything I could to, uh, to, to be there for sure. Jay, it's got to speak to the number of laps now that you've had around super speedways, whether it be Daytona, Talladega. Uh, you've got experience now. Did it feel different this year uh, with the competitors? Was there maybe more cooperation uh, with the uh, teams that did allow you to move up and gang up uh, to make your way towards the front? Did it feel different this year? <laughs> it did until the very end on the last corner. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, we worked really well with Sean core. Our team actually uh, uh, helped him out after he got into a, a bit of a mishap on in qualifying. So we, we were working with Sean core and we were working with the 73 car Jankowski. He actually gave me a few shots there getting up to the front and knocked my molars loose. I swear <laughs> it was, there were some pretty big shots. So that's the stuff that I really noticed yesterday that I haven't really experienced much before. I've, I've had a few bump drafts, but, I felt bump drafts that were like, like you're getting hit by a Mack truck bump drafts. They weren't, they weren't just little bumps. They were like, you're getting a shot and you better be ready. And, uh, on the last two laps, I, um, Greg was pushing me and he was pushing me in the corner and I've never been pushed in the corner. And I actually had the steering wheel about a 16th of an inch to the right as I was going through the corner. That's the only way I felt comfortable. I was just actually turning just a little bit the opposite direction. And I didn't like the feeling, but I knew we were going fast. And, uh, you know, it's just too bad. On lap six, we, we had a five-car breakaway. And if we wouldn't have had that last caution and, you know, that three-lap dash for the finish, I'm pretty sure we would have just stayed where we were and they wouldn't have got that run that they did. But uh, just learned a lot. And now <laughs> now I just got to get back to that position again because I know what I do different. And I know that, uh, you, know, you know, you're both right. I, I, there's no way I was throwing a block there. No. A block would have just created catastrophe I would have looked stupid. All the laps that I that I led would have just never been thought of ever again. Exactly. It would have all been forgotten. And I would and not finished the race and been in twenty eighth or twenty ninth or whatever. So there was no way I was throwing that block. It just uh, it, it just wasn't in me to do it. So I just took it on the chin and uh took it on the chin pretty hard. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. One one that you'll replay a million times and I I know Jason, uh, there was nobody pulling for you harder. Then Sue and I sitting here at our house screaming at the television, Jason White is going <laughs> to win this Arca race. Go, Jay. And yeah. uh, it, it was amazing yeah. to watch you. And uh, I know it electrified all of Canada that uh, you were in that race car doing what you were doing. I looked at it and went, if you went to throw the block, 
you would have had to have thrown the block maybe on the entrance to turn three. And like you say, it yeah. would have been like a, you know, a Logano twist and turn in the air. You would have went for a yeah. ride and then you wouldn't have uh, accomplished anything. What you ended up yeah. accomplishing, A, was huge respect from the guys that are racing. And B, uh, you got a result out of it with the knowledge. Jason White, you will win that race now uh, with the experience that you've got. Uh, I'll tell you. Half that field doesn't have near the experience you have. Yeah, and, and, and you know, as a race car driver, I got out, and our sponsor, uh, Decked Out Marine, she was, that was her first race that she's been a sponsor, and she was jumping up and down pit lane during the race, apparently, and she had a great time, and, uh, you know, she's really excited, and within 15 minutes, we were talking about Talladega and the Arca <laughs> car in April, so you know how it is. It just, uh, it, it, you know, if you would have talked to me on Thursday when we were trying to, you know, refabricate a seat in the truck to try and get the truck to pass safety tech, never mind tech with heights and, and, and weights and, 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 and the body on the truck, we, we didn't even pass safety in the, in the seat. And I, I almost pulled the plug. I just, I, the truck wasn't ready and we had to thrash to get it done. So Thursday was really dejecting. And then we, we get the truck in the show and it was a dog's breakfast. We didn't even deserve to be in the show. But what was happening is we, we were on seven cylinders and we get into the race and all of a sudden the truck would come alive. So it was huh? a grounding issue, an electric issue. We don't even know what it was, but the truck would come alive and it felt like eight cylinders. Well, I could drive up, you know, and, and be kind of where I belonged. Like it was, it was a lot faster than it was in qualifying. So, you know, if you would have talked to me on Thursday, I was pretty dejected. And then yesterday I was pretty yapped up and then I got dejected again, but in a different way and in, in a competitive way, which uh, just builds more experience like you said it, it it builds more character and uh i think going forward it's just going to be slowly getting the the other drivers that are in that echelon in that series to just trust me and know that i'm not going to do anything stupid and uh just go with me the next time and we can have a race to the finish where we can have two lanes going for it instead of you know five cars going to the top a couple of those guys should have duck, ducked down with me and given me a shot and they probably would have finished third instead of seventh exactly. so there's there's that sort of stuff too so we got to just uh just go back to the next one and learn from this and i i just hope i get the same opportunities again that's that's all you can ask for is just the opportunity right yeah 100 percent, jason there's been three times that i've yelled at a tv and now uh, for at racing you know, there's probably been 16 times at the World Juniors. The World Juniors, like you know, every time they score, you cheer, right? I mean, that's just the way that it is. But in racing, there's only been three times where I've yelled at the TV. J.R. Fitzpatrick was the first one when he got his, you know, top five finish in the truck. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it, Michael McDowell went in the 500, and you yesterday. So it was definitely a lot of fun to watch. Um, but, uh, you know, Jason, when you look at, at the grand scheme of things, and I asked Amber this as well, uh, you know, it's not new in ARCA to see a lot of contact side by side, bumper to bumper. Usually that results in catastrophe. Usually that ends up in, in a big wreck or, or a small wreck at that. But yesterday we seen a tremendous amount of door to door, you know, hits. We've, we've seen obviously a lot of push drafting bump drafting, slam drafting, if you will. Uh, but we didn't see the carnage, if you will, from from 90% of the hits that we've seen on the racetrack. Um, were you surprised at all at the level of, of A, aggression, but also were you surprised at the level of B, success, because there wasn't, there wasn't the big wrecks? Well, 
Joe, I'm going to put this in your court. It's it's the spotters, man. It really is. Um, I, I, again, my spotters, TJ Bell was just absolutely awesome. You know, those cup spotters, they, they've been doing this for a long time. They get it. So how it works is, you know, you know it better than anybody, Joe, is, you know, the cup spotters, they, they, they freelance over the rest of the weekend and they go spot for the truck teams and then they go spot for the ARCA teams and they spot for the Xfinity and they make a little bit of money on the side and it's it's good for them. I think that's got a lot to do with it is the teams are actually hiring the cup spotters and the, and they're very experienced spotters to help. Mm-hmm. Cause one of the things that I learned um, yesterday was the slam draft and, and TJ told me to do it. He said, yeah, as long as you're door to door, get your door down on them and give them a bump. You don't have to hit them hard, but just give them a bump. And as soon as you do that, you're going to take their air away. And then that's going to give you a little bit of acceleration and you're going to get momentum and you're going to get the energy. And, and I noticed that the, you know, when I, when I was behind Greg and when I was behind the 73, they were doing it. So I started doing it. And then when we would do it all together, we would get the energy and we would walk away on the outside. And, and uh, so I, I just really boil it down to the experience of the spotters that, and, and the drivers are listening to the spotters. And that's what you got to do. Like the very first thing I always say to these guys, like Randy Bradshaw spotted from me before and TJ Bell is, I, I, I lock a mode and we were into the in-lap and I say, okay, TJ, I'm, I'm just holding the steering wheel. You're driving this thing. And uh, and that's really what I relate it to is is the experience of the of the spotters and, and and the drivers listening. So does this equate now, Jason, to Talladega? Is that uh, is that safe to say you will be at Talladega and doing what truck Arca? Uh, like, what's the thoughts? You know, when you give a dog one of those little things that you that you bite on, and then you lift them up, and they keep biting it, and they don't let go. I kind of feel like that's what we got going on now. There's no way I can leave it like that. And and I love Talladega. It's so much fun to race there. So I feel like I'm, feel like I'm a dog with a bone here, Joe. I feel like, uh, yeah, for sure. I mean, um, as long as the, uh, as the sponsorship stuff is good, which it seems like it is. And, uh, you know, hopefully we open up some doors to uh, maybe have another opportunity to get some more sponsorship, but yeah, Talladega is looking pretty good. Jeff was pretty happy today. Jeff McClure sent me a message and he wants me to drive it. So um, the, the, the writing's all on the wall. We just got to make sure that we can make it happen and, uh, you know, and then look to get into the truck race as well on, uh, in the fall. So those are probably my next two races to, to focus on. And then we'll see what else comes up in racing. But, uh, now that I've, now that I've got this, uh, this car to drive, I really want to focus on that for sure. Don't blame you. Don't blame me at all. Uh, and, and that would be so, so cool to see you back behind the wheel. Is there much difference between Talladega and Daytona? I know, Talladega is 2.6 miles, where Daytona is 2.5 miles. Does it feel any different? Does it drive any different? No, the, the, the track size is irrelevant. It's the width of the track. It's, uh, you know, Talladega is a lot more forgiving. You can go four, even five wide at Talladega if you had to, and and, and they do. So, uh, you know, that's one thing you got to be careful of is once you get going into that, um, you basically, you, you're just into a whole new realm of, of, of cars, you know, three, four wide, four or five deep instead of two wide and, you know, six deep. So um, other than that, you know, you got, it's, it's just a lot more forgiving than Daytona. Daytona's, uh, Daytona's is, is quite narrow, um, especially when you walk across the track like I did today. It's kind of, you kind of look at it and you go, how do we go through here three wide at 190 miles an hour wide open? It's, uh, it's kind of, it makes you kind of think and scratch your head a little bit. But, uh, you know, it's a, we have an opportunity as well, just depending on what happens with the truck deal. We have an opportunity to do Atlanta. Um, as you know, it's now a 
you know, it's a restrictor plate race pretty much. Mm-hmm. They, they don't use the super speedway trucks there. They use them. They still use the, the, uh, mile and a half trucks, which is kind of odd. I don't know why, but, uh, so we'll see. I, I, it's a long shot, but, uh, if, if everything comes together with the insurance company, with the fire we had at Raymond brothers racing, there's a possibility that we might be at, at Atlanta. So that's, uh, that's all, all the, all the cards got to fall properly for that to happen. That it's, was my that was my question. It's the dog and the bone the scenario. The bone. Yeah, that's again. right. That's right. The dog on the bone scenario. Yeah, my uh, my <laughs> question was was leading right into that. Was uh, uh, Atlanta is now you know restricted plate central. It's uh, uh, it's a lot of fun to watch and and uh, uh, it's it's even more of that uh, that you know tight quarters style racing, if you will. It's kind of the on the opposite end of the spectrum. If if Teledag is nice and wide, Atlanta's really nice and narrow. Um, uh, <laughs> yeah. It, it's, yeah. Uh, it would be fun to watch, and uh, it would definitely be cool to uh, to see out there in that as well, Jay. And uh, next time we get you on the program, uh, we're going to uh, – what I'm going to do is I'm actually going to mail you a flashlight. <laughs> um, we are on Rev TV now. I don't know if you know this or not, but uh, uh, this is the darkest interview I think we've ever had. It looks like you're in the witness protection program. <laughs> it looks like you're in the witness I'm protection just, program I'm, I'm here. S- I'm still just standing beside a lake waiting, <laughs> like going to jump in maybe. you got to be careful. drown myself. <laughs> There's gators down there. Huh? You know that, right? There's not just yeah, frogs yeah, in, the, yeah, in the water. Sure. Yeah, no, Bill Burns and I are just – Bill Burns and I are just at a place down by the Orlando airport here. We left the, we left the cup race a little bit early. It came down. Bill's got an early flight and I got a late flight tomorrow. So we're just down here and, and, uh, just having a bite to eat. Bill's having a beer and we're just uh, trying to chill out a little bit. And I'm trying not to, uh, try not to drop in my soup a little more than I have to. <laughs> oh, but you, you did amazing. And that's something that, uh, that, that you'll have forever. Uh, the memories that you created and the learning experience, Jason, is over the top. All that is going to culminate into a win. I can feel it coming. You just got to get back <laughs> behind the wheel. Hey, can we look forward to seeing you in some RS1 Cup Series races up here in BC? I mean, I, I would think we'll do something. I just, it's not in the plan right now. Um, I'm actually going down to Vancouver next week to meet with Trevor and talk about some things with that stuff and the, and the Rattler and stuff like that and maybe get some plans together. But honestly, I'm just so focused on what we're doing right now. It's, uh, it's pretty intense what we, what we have to think about now to, uh, to, to be in this competitive position to keep competitive and, and be ready to win. You kind of got to be focused on what you're doing. So. Uh, we'll figure it out. If we don't, I might look at some ownership type stuff and maybe throw some young blood in that RS1 car of mine and see if we can do something like that and be around. And uh, I'll be I'll be involved in some sort of racing. But uh, yeah, my like I said, my focus is this uh, 44 Arca car and the Raymond Brothers racing truck. So um, that's what we're gonna uh, we're gonna work on. Well, Jason White, Sun Peaks, BC. He comes away from Daytona with a 21st finishing position in the Truck Series. And he comes away ninth in the ARCA series, but go back and watch the race. Jason White, you'd, you, you might as well have won it in our eyes. You did a phenomenal <laughs> job. You represented everybody well. And uh, you've you got to be proud of what you did. Uh, no, regardless, I know it isn't the win that you wanted, but uh, you've you got to be proud of what you did. Because I'll tell you, we're all proud of you. Uh, dynamite job, kiddo. Thank you guys very much. And, and again, thanks to everybody that follows and, and follows motorsports in Canada. I know I got, God, I, put, I must have had a thousand messages yesterday and last night and this morning. So thanks to everybody. I, I, 
I just always feel like I'm, I've, I've got that Canadian flag on the truck and in the car every time. And I'm just really proud of that for sure. And Canadian racing strong and let's just keep it strong. Absolutely. Jay, we'll get you back on and get you a preview in Talladega. Sounds like it's coming up next for you. Have a safe flight home and uh, relax down there, buddy. Have a good one. Thanks, guys. Have a good one, Joe. Take you care. betcha. That is Jason White, Sun Peaks, BC. Man, you want to talk about it. Uh, the, you can't get any more exciting than that was. No, it was really cool to see. And, uh, man, it's just, uh, you know, you could hear it. You could hear that dejection. But <laughs> but it is. It, that's the fire, right? That's the that's the competitive oh, spirits. Yeah. And, and uh, that's what gets you. That's what gets you back to the racetrack for more. And, and uh, man, he uh, he definitely uh, he definitely earned everything that he got yesterday. And and uh, it was it was a tremendous amount of fun to watch. You couldn't ask for a nicer guy uh you know it's uh uh just a, a tremendous amount of fun to watch and and uh uh hats off to uh to both of our canadian contenders in that arca arca presented by menards race and um you know it's d- definitely cool to to see two canadians in the top 10 of course heartbreak in the xfinity side uh wish we would have seen we're more gonna on talk that about side. that on the other but, side of the break yeah but i'm just gonna say that it was uh it was Awesome to see on the on the Arca side and and uh, yeah, look looking forward to seeing more uh, out of both those camps. Absolutely, we're going to hit a quick break here, Rod Race Time Radio. When we come back, as mentioned, we'll talk Xfinity. You'll hear from the winner of the Xfinity race, the Beat Dinner Three Hundred, Austin Hill. We'll hear from him, and we'll talk about the Canadian contingent that was down there trying to get into that uh, Xfinity race. And I'll tell you what. There was some controversy. At least we could see some. We'll be back. Stay with us. Hey, race fans. This is Ernie Irvin. You're listening to Race Time Radio. You can get home and away feeds for every NFL, NBA, and NHL game on your phone. I can't believe it! Every game, all season. It's all on the SXM app. Sports the way they're meant to be heard. With your hometown announcers just, just a tap, tap away. away. Search for your team, then tap the star on the corner of the screen and save it as your favorite. It is gone! An incredible finish! And if you love college sports, when the game is on, just search for your school. It's always a home game when you listen to sports on the SXM app. Free for most subscribers. Hey everyone, this is former NFL linebacker and current SiriusXM NFL radio host Kirk Morrison, and I'm here to tell you about my new podcast, Total Coverage. Each week, I'll be joined by some of the greatest minds in the game as we explore the hows and the whys behind the week's biggest results. Whether we're breaking down player techniques, game plans, or coaching philosophies, we'll explain the details that define our favorite performances. New episodes will be available every Tuesday on the SiriusXM app, Pandora, and Apple Podcasts. What is SiriusXM NASCAR Radio? Tyler Reddy will go to Victory Lane at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. You just won at Indy. Down here in Victory Lane, let me ask the fans. It's all. Joe Legato will set his sights on a championship. Uh, two times, baby. Things. He shot him up the right track. Back up on the throttle as he heads to victory. <laughs> NASCAR. Oh, he loses it. He crashes. SiriusXM NASCAR Radio, Channel 90. Also streaming on the SXM app. Oh, hell yeah. Even though Napa is a nationally known name, nearly all of our stores are built from the ground up by local owners and families. People you might call neighbors will be here, there, and everywhere. 
doing what neighbors do to keep their communities moving forward. You stop by a Napa Auto Parts store, you can count on Napa know-how. Tonight's Race Time Radio is brought to you by Napa Auto Parts Stores, New Glasgow, Andy Ganesh, and Port Hawkesbury, Nova Scotia. You can count on Napa know-how. AP Race Fuels, the worldwide leader in race fuel technology. Soccer is a passion that goes beyond the sport. And Sirius XMFC's podcast, More Than a Game, brings that passion to you. And you believe it! In each episode, FC's panel of experts take a deep dive into club histories, iconic grounds, bitter rivalries, and so much more. There's nothing like a Derby Day in Manchester. New episodes are available weekly by downloading the Sirius XM app and searching More Than a Game. From the high banks of Daytona. Cover it all. Ooh, that's going to leave a mark. And now, back to the Joes. Hey, shake and bake, gal. Woo, shake and bake. Here on Race Time Radio. And welcome back, everybody, to Race Time Radio. So, so glad you could tune in tonight. On Sirius XM, Channel 167, Canada Talks. Also on Rev TV Canada, all of our viewers there. Or maybe you're tuned in throughout the course of the week on the PerformanceMotorsportNetwork.com. Hello to all of our friends down there in the U.S. tuned in to Race Time Radio. We surely do appreciate it. Uh, we still have, coming up, we're going to meet a new general manager out in BC at a track that we have never had here on Race Time Radio. You're going to hear from Pat at Saratoga Speedway. Um, they are out on the island, uh, out there in Victoria. And uh, Pat actually, from the other end of the country, came in from Newfoundland all the way out to uh, BC to operate that racetrack and uh, look forward to catching up with Pat here on the show uh, in just a bit. But we're talking Daytona. We're talking Speed Weeks and uh, the Xfinity Race Junior. Let's talk about that, shall we? Austin Hill goes to victory lane. Again, cautions at the end of the race. Um, kind of looked like anybody's race at the end of that. Uh, anybody with four wheels and still pointing. Uh, it kind of looked that way. Uh, but Austin Hill... Won it again. That's two times for Austin, plus uh, truck wins. He looks like the, the the drafting king, if you will, for that series down there. Yeah, and really good equipment as well. So he's uh, when you look at, at RCR and you look at ECR engines, you look at the, the partnerships and the stuff that he's had, <laughs> he's been in really good equipment mm-hmm. uh, at Daytona. Every time he's been in a restriction plate track. Uh, that being said... Um, he obviously is the Pied Piper um, because of that. You know, he's uh, uh, he comes down, you know, lap one for a radio issue and drives to the front. I think it was 11 laps. He was yeah. sitting in the top five. And, uh, you know, just uh, an incredible show of speed, but also power. And, and uh, you know, he, he, a guy like that. It, you know, it's that dog on a bone scenario. Mm-hmm. Um, once you once you have that, you have all those all those pieces lined up. Um, you got to be aggressive and you got to maintain and and stay up front. There was nobody taking that win away from Austin Hill last night. No, no, nobody. He, he did a, a magnificent job, but uh, with uh, you know, here's what he had to say in the media center 
after the race was all over. And uh, the Pied Piper, that's a good way of putting it. Here's what Austin had to say. I think you're always learning. Um, I think it doesn't matter who you are, Denny Hamlin. You know, it doesn't doesn't matter. You know, Denny Hamlin's really good. Uh, he's won a lot of Daytona 500s and stuff. So, um, you know, and other drivers that have won the 500, I, I feel like they're they're always learning. I feel like every super speedway race that you run races a little differently than the next. Um, I think a lot of it depends on the way the wind is, the way the air the air temp is. Um, you know, that type of thing, you know, it, it just sets yourself up differently on how the draft's going to work that, that night. Uh, and I think it changes throughout the race as well. I mean, those things uh, that I learned throughout stage one that I tried to apply in stage two and they didn't really work the same way. And then when I got into stage three, uh, they kind of worked how stage one was working. So you're just constantly learning each and every race. But I can sit here and say that I have a ton of confidence on these super speedways. RCR builds such fast Bennett Chevrolets, and I can sit here and say that when we went in the race today, even though we had our radio issues, we had our issues that we had to start the race, when we drove from the back to inside the top 10 within seven laps, I was like, man, this, this is our race to lose. I mean, we just we were so fast. I could make moves whenever I wanted to and, and do things that other guys couldn't. And uh, it's fun when you have a car like that. You know, Austin Hill has always made the best of whatever he's been in. I think back to when he started in the truck series, didn't have the best equipment back then. Uh, but Austin Hill was never quit, never give up, and always learning. Look at it, all pays dividends now. Uh, he is going to be a threat this year in that 21 car. It's going to be cool. When I first went down south, I believe that was 2000 and. 14? 15. 15? Yeah. He was in the K&N series at the time. Mm -hmm. And uh, he was, you know, in a in his own family-run deal in the K&N series and uh, was, a, you know, a contender to win every single race. Yeah. Phenomenal to watch. Um, I watched him at Bristol just up on the wheel. And his car sounded like it had 50 more horsepower than everybody else. It was just because... He was lifting way later than everybody else, yeah. you know. Um, the he's he's been he's been a wheel man. It's no surprise to me to see what he's been able to do and, and what he's been able to accomplish. Um, the the surprising thing is is that he's so good on restrictor plates. Mm -hmm. But looking forward to uh, to seeing him, you know, this season. I think they're in a better situation this year than he ever has been. He's got a wicked sponsorship lineup. Uh, you know, he's not piecing it together anymore. He's right. got, he's a true blue Richard Childress hired gun and, uh, uh, he's got full sponsorship and, uh, he's going to have the best of everything. So I, I know last year it was that way as well, but it was pieced together with some family sponsorship and stuff yep. like that. Um, it's not that way anymore. No, he's, he's bringing he's bringing everything to the table, and and uh, it's going to be really interesting to see what Austin Hill can do. Now we did have a couple of Canadians that were trying to make it into the field in the Xfinity race, and I got to say, Junior, I thought both had a super shot to get in. Yeah, um, Alex Labbe in the thirty six car for DGM. I was tuned in actually to the radio traffic in practice. And uh, I know Alex had a little bit of difficulty. He had uh, the sway bar was loose in the car. He came back down pit road. They tightened it up. They sent him back out. And what they were looking for was a clean run, number one, and get a baseline to find out where the 36 car was by itself. You know it's going to go faster in the draft. 
but they wanted to find out where it was all by itself, and they did eventually get a clean run. Now, the car was still a little bit twitchy and still a little bit loose because I believe they were still missing a grommet from that sway bar. But Alex said, look, we got a good car. We're going to be all set. They packed it away. I switched over to the 66 now to listen to Dexter Stacy. Both those guys are Canadian. Listening to Dexter's air traffic, everything sounded like it was going to be A-OK. And I'm looking at the speed chart, and Dexter Stacy 66, I want to say he was like 25th or something like that on the speed chart. So he had a good time. And I thought, now we're going to head into qualifying on Saturday. Let's see how these guys do. I'm looking for first the 36, and he doesn't show. And it says DNS beside his name. And I'm going, what's going on? Where did Alex go? Hey, I hope he's okay. Because uh, it, it's just totally uncharacteristic of that 36 to not post a time. And uh, then the 66 went. And I thought, well, yeah, the 66 is going to be okay here. Uh, of course, now dr- more, more drivers go. And uh, as it turns out, the 36, they missed it in tech, believe it or not. They were too late getting to tech lane. And uh, they didn't even, they weren't able to post a time. Alex had to race his way in. So uh, it put him in a bad spot. Went all the way down to Daytona, got everything. And the guys didn't get the car through tech in time. So I imagine there'll be lots of questions around that. And uh, so there, the 36 is out. Now we're hoping for the 66 car to go. And sure enough, Dexter Stacy, um, the car just, it, it lost it by two one-thousandths of a second. He needed one guy to go slower, and Dexter would have been in the race. So I'm texting with Dexter as qualifying's going on. I said, you should be okay. You should be okay, because I'm watching it, and it's all unfolding. He's going, oh, God, I'm hoping, I'm hoping. And sure enough, when it comes down to it, he missed it by two one-thousandths of a second. He's not going to be in the race. And I said, something isn't right with that, but it is what it is. I said, Dexter, what did the guys change on the 66 overnight? He said, absolutely nothing. We packed it away, unpacked it. It was the difference in the day. The wind, the air, whatever, it slowed the car down just that little wee bit. And consequently, he didn't make the race. Now, uh, a couple of minutes later, I'm looking and Dexter goes, hold on a minute. There's a car that's in the field that didn't even do a qualifying lap. How does that work? So, and I could, uh, I understand what he's saying, but I guess that car had um, points. He had points to make it in, so the car was qualified in on points. But still, I don't know how you explain the fact that the guy didn't even do a lap and he made it into the field. That, uh, I think, is a foopaw on NASCAR's behalf. You should have to post oh, yeah. the time to get in. The, the same thing has been said for, for years on end, right? They, back in the day, they used to have the top 35, you know, in in the top three series, right? They used to have the top 35, and, and yeah. that creates a bunch of guys like Phil Parsons who have start and park teams, right? Mm-hmm. Um, then, But they beyond... eliminated all that. <clears throat> no, they didn't. Well, they, obviously, what they, obviously they didn't. They um, they eliminated the start and park. Yes, they did. Where a guy would literally start the race and pull off in yeah. two or three laps. Yes, they eliminated that because you need to run the whole race. 
what they created was a bunch of guys that don't have to invest a whole lot of money into their racing equipment and they don't need to go very fast. They just need to hit minimum speed. Um, and minimum speed is built for a guy that doesn't have any front fenders on the thing. Yeah. Right. Yeah, so, yeah. um, it's a catch 22. Um, there's no way that you can say, well, it has to meet this speed, you know, like there's no way that they can make it a competitive speed because then, you know, <laughs> the guys could never save anything. Well, and it it, whatever. Just, it so just sucks. It it does suck. Yeah. And, you know, at this at this level of the sport, um, you know, when you have guys that want to qualify to race in, mm-hmm. um, I look down the cup entry list and I think that there was two cup cars that didn't need to be there and there's two cars that went home that should have been there mm. you know well yeah but at least they all posted a time sure it sure. wasn't like but they just rolled in and 100%. you didn't even post a time and you're in the field yet this guy here has gone through the expense to set up the whole shot yep. that 66 car should have been in that race if you ask me you got to post the time to qualify to get in or you don't yeah uh whatever but that was uh you know from you know, start to finish, that's where the Xfinity ended up. It was quite a race. I got to give him that. Austin Hill goes to victory lane, and uh, it, it's going to be an exciting series. But uh, let's switch the conversation over, shall we? And let's talk about some stuff on this side of the border. Let's go all the way out to Victoria, B.C., and let's welcome in from Saratoga Speedway, we got Pat, Pat Monsignor. Did I say your last name correct, Pat? You got it right, Joe. Thanks very much, buddy. You betcha. How are you tonight? Uh, welcome to Race Time Radio. Well, thanks. Thanks very much, Joe. And thanks for uh, reaching out to us and having me on your show. It's uh, And I also want to thank you for doing your show. It's an important thing that you're doing for uh, for all the racing community. You bet, bud. Coast to coast, all the way from Newfoundland, coast. all the way out to BC. And how are things coming together for Saras- Saratoga Speedway? I keep going to say Sarasota because I know that speedway. <laughs> Saratoga Speedway. How are things set up for 2023? Looking good? Yeah. You know what, Joe? 2023 is looking really good for uh, Saratoga Speedway. Um, it, we Last year, I think we had 33 race events scheduled. So I, I got to fill you in a little bit here. Last year was our first full season. The season before, we got about a half a season in um, uh, due to the COVID, mm-hmm. um, which was kind of cool that we got that half a season in. But that's a, this has been our transition period because we're all rookies. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm a rookie promoter, track uh, track runner, uh, manager, and uh, and the owners, uh, Robin Lee Layton, are rookie owners and uh and so it, it's taken us, our learning curve is pretty steep. <laughs> well, I, but, was, uh, uh, I was amazed to see you've got 54 events on your schedule yeah. this year. It sounds yeah. like a World of Outlaw schedule. <laughs> so and not all of those events are races, um, but we did get 33 programmed in last year. We lost five terrain outs, um, which is a lot better than one of our, uh, our tracks just to the south of the border here. We lost 14 races to rain. Oh, wow. 14, can you imagine? Yeah, that's Boy, a lot. Eastbound Raceway would be in a hurting position if they <laughs> lost 14 race shots. Yeah. Uh, so would we, for that matter. So, um, yeah, so we've got 54 events uh, programmed for this year. We've got 28 races, and uh, we've got lots of spectacles. You know, the, the normal things that you have at a racetrack, the monster trucks and Global FMX are joining us again this year. Those guys are amazing. Yeah, lots of really, really good shows. 
Awesome stuff. You feature late models, uh, mini stocks, street stocks. What all else do you have wheeled in there? Uh, yeah, the wheeled in is the right word. We've got everything from um, from figure eights to uh, hit to pass or crash. We call it crash to pass. Um, we do a boat race. Um, we've got the street stocks. We've got dwarf cars that are like legend cars. We have uh, OTRA, the Old Timers uh, Racing Association. Um, you know, we got modified cars, uh, island modifieds, um, of course the late models and we're, and we're really getting back into the swing of the sprint car world. So, uh, we're, we're doing a lot of sprint shows. We've got winged and non-winged sprint shows. And, uh, the owner Rob Layton's put together a, uh, a series, the Northwest, uh, sprint car tour, um, which is really, uh, really looking good. So, so that's all coming together. So we'll be putting on a lot of shows. There's a lot of racing to be had here in Saratoga Speedway. One of the, uh, it's interesting you touch on the on the sprint car side of things. One of the neat parts that I've seen from out there, there are, and now I don't know whether this is going to be allowed in the series or not, but I've seen uh, like uh, super modifieds and sprint cars together. Is that the same type of deal uh, with the with the sprint car series, uh, or or is it just like a four ten sprint? Yeah, not with our our sprint car series is uh, strictly a four ten sprint okay. wing sprint uh, series, and uh, no, we don't have any super mods in that field. Um, and we're we're just at the like I say, we're just doing that transition um, as rookie owners and operators, and we're just building things up, just rebuilding, I should say. Um, this track's been here since '69. Um, having a blast here since 1969 on, on Vancouver Island. But, man, things have changed a lot over the years. As you know that, and uh, every track experiences the same thing. So, yeah, it's uh, it, with all the changes and all the, you know, the new, uh, the, the new rules and the new classes and uh, increasing the safety component was a huge thing for us. So through all those transitions and, and getting things organized here um, and getting 54 shows lined up for for this summer it's been a busy place i would say now with western speedway uh going and falling off the map uh do you anticipate uh like a large car count increase and in <laughs> some of those fans how close were you to western speedway so we're we're three hours up the highway from victoria uh, langford where uh, which is a suburb of victoria where western or i should say west shore uh, speedway um is located so we're, we're three hours up the road. We're not certain yet. It's going to take, we, we figure, you know, Joe, it's going to take a couple of seasons, maybe two or three seasons, um, for everything to shake out and, and, uh, for us to get our feet under us and for all the racers on the island and on the mainland that come and join us, um, to get everything figured out and see how all this is going to roll. We, we're pretty positive about it. I mean, we're, we're pretty upbeat about it and we think that, uh, there's a really good buzz right now on the island. I mean, it's sad to see Western or West Shore uh, go. Of course, it's sad, and uh, and and it, it, having two tracks on the island was spectacular. So now down to one circle track on the island is going to make things a little bit difficult. But yeah, we expect to see a lot of cars. Um, our our car count will grow, and uh, we're also we're doing some other developments here. We're putting in a. Uh, Eventually, um, we're working on putting in a uh, an RV park, so that's going to make a big nice. difference. We're we're located here about midway up Vancouver Island, and we're surrounded by 
nature and and RV parks and the coast and everything you can imagine. Um, it, the tourist industry is just booming here. So our poor racers can never get a place to stay. <laughs> there is no place to stay here. We have people, I, I mean, housing is so difficult here. We have people living in cars and vans in the town working. They can't get a house to live in, let alone an RV place or a place to camp. So all that to say, um, we're, as things are developing here, we expect that uh, that this uh, this venue, uh, Saratoga Motorsports Park, is going to be going for many, many, many years to come. That's exciting. Um, talk a little bit about you know I, I look at at all the different challenges that a racetrack has, and and Sauble Speedway uh, is the place that you know I grew up around, right? Of course, it was, it's yeah. it's right up the road i grew up at the racetrack whether it be in the concession or or in the pit area or sitting in the grandstands or wherever i was just there since i was a kid perfect one of the things that that we always competed against was population right so the sobble beach is uh you know a town of of what a thousand people three, uh, three thousand people, people in, in the winter in, in the winter <laughs> But there's a hundred thousand people there in the summer, right? Hundred twenty five. It's, it's because it's 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 tourism central. But the closest town to that is is Owen Sound, which is only twenty thousand people. Um, you know, the the next closest is like Port Elgin, which is like fifteen thousand people. Very small corridors. Really, it's a two and a half hour drive to a, a big city of over a hundred thousand people. Right? It's mm. uh, a difficult area, and 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 really, a, it's it's a long and spread out area um, with not a whole lot of population in it. I would imagine that you would be kind of in the same realm to a certain degree on Vancouver Island. What's the or Victoria Island? What's the what's the population density like around Saratoga, and where are you drawing your people from? Uh, that are fans, that are stakeholders, that are sponsors, that are drivers? Man, those are good questions. <laughs> so um, think about what you said there uh, with the, the population. So Salvo Beach, uh, 3,000 people, I think you said? Yeah. yeah. But uh, Owen Sound, 20,000? Yep. Yeah. Okay, so your region there, if I remember my geography a little bit of uh, southern Ontario, your, your region there, you're, you're drawing from a half a million people, I suspect, and within a, a two-hour drive. Am I right? Two, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, if yeah. not more. If not more. more. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, totally. So, so the, the, we're not actually in a town. We're, we're kind of in between two small cities, three mm -hmm. small cities. Comox Courtney to the south of us, Campbell River to the north of us. We're right smack dab in the center of that. So I really don't know what the populations are for those. I, I, I would uh, ballpark that our region within, let's say, a one-hour drive, that our region is going to be somewhere in the 30,000 range in a one-hour, one-and-one-an-hour-and-a-half drive. Um, uh, well, let's call it an hour because before we get to Nanaimo, Nanaimo is a fair-sized city. Right. Um, and Nanaimo is between us and Victoria. So Victoria, we're drawing from... Um, upwards of a half a million, more than a half a million people there. Nanaimo's got to have, I'm guessing, 60,000, 70,000 people or better. Um, so our regions are similar, I think. Um, we draw our fans from our local area mainly. However, as I mentioned earlier, we're kind of nestled in between all of these awesome uh, resorts. Um, so we do have a fair amount of draw for the uh, the tourist business and the tourist trade that are, are coming through. Um, but our fans are, have been spectacular. We had a little uh, 
challenge over the last season and a half or so about uh, you know noise bylaws and typical things that that are difficult for uh, for racetracks um, and airports apparently and train stations and all of yeah, that stuff. Yeah. But you know how that goes. But so um, what it was is the that that population that we were just speaking about that pulled through at the eleventh hour and made the uh, the powers that be the uh, regional district uh, councillors aware that they support our operations and um, and the importance of our operations and how we're uh, in the fabric of the community. Um, so that population where we draw our fans from and, and a large part of our racers from are so key for us. And if any, uh, any list, uh, listeners out there who are, you know, if their track is under pressure from the same thing, and I'm sure there's going to be um, tracks that are under that, that kind of pressure right now. Uh, it's the local community, the organic um, pressure from your local communities and from your that base of, of uh, fans and supporters and sponsors that, you know, that, that'll keep you going. That'll, they'll put their two cents worth in. If they can wake up and, and you know, make some noise, that'll be a, a ton of help for those tracks that are under that kind of pressure. Yeah, and you're part of the community. It's a totally. community place uh, yep. from all different walks. It's not like oh. you're just in one lane. Right. Uh, you, you cover them all, and that's so cool, Pat. Uh, what is race number one for you guys? When does the racetrack pop open and uh, go crazy? Because I know, uh, what is it? It, it? Well, the end of February or close to it, you guys will have flowers sticking out of the ground here any minute. <laughs> Not yet. No, actually, I was just uh, speaking with my wife, Carol, who's the uh, my partner, general manager here. Um, and we were wondering about the weather and when the flowers are going to start sprouting and, and all of that. Uh, it, it's uh, it, We are very blessed and lucky. We live in a rainforest here. We live on Vancouver Islands. It's definitely paradise. It's like living in a park. Um, and the, the winters are short, but wet, of course. <laughs> it's the wet coast, um, but not so bad where we're at. So so yeah, we get we get underway. I think our first competition actually is March 11th for a, for an autocross competition. But our first real uh, our event, first event where we're going to have lots of fans in the stands and all of that is uh, not until April. We open up on uh, 29th of April. Um, so on the 29th we have uh, we always open with fireworks. I, I know a lot of tracks do that. And we do the same. So we're going to open up with fireworks on 29th of April, and we're going to go all the way into uh, October. So our last scheduled um, points race is in September, and we'll do fireworks then as well. Um, but then uh, in October, we're going to do a couple of we're going to do a pumpkin smash with the drifters, and <laughs> we're going to have a pumpkin race, and we're going to do tailgate party, and have a couple other blast. So fireworks three times this year. <laughs> oh, that's awesome! How do fans stay up with you? How can they check it out if they're just learning about Saratoga Speedway right now? How do they uh, stay up with you guys? www.saratogaracing.ca and you'll get onto that site and you'll find everything that you could ever want to know about us and more. That's awesome, Pat. Say, uh, thanks so much for joining us tonight. I know we'll be in uh, lots of contact throughout the course of the season. We'll want to check in with you, see how things are going. We'll get some of your racers on Race Time Radio and uh, we look forward to doing all that and we'll check in with you before that first green flag goes in the air. Sound like a plan? That is a great plan. I really like that plan. I really thank you guys. Uh, next time we get together, I hope to bring uh, Rocky Horn, our, our track announcer, with me. He's a uh, Hall of Famer, 
awesome guy. Um, great interview. And uh, and so next time around, maybe we can shoehorn him in here. Absolutely. We will do that. Pat Monsieur, okay. thank you so much for the time tonight. We surely appreciate it. And uh, get ready. Season's coming. Let's go racing. You betcha. That is Pat out in Saratoga Speedway out in BC. We're going to hit our final break of the night. Junior and I will be back with you here in just mere moment. moments. Stay with us all live tonight on Sirius XM Channel 167 Canada Talks. Hey, this is Kurt Busch, and you're listening to Race Time Radio. You're listening to Canada Talks on Sirius XM, channel 167. Race Time Radio is brought to you by the Quality Inn, Halifax Airport, the official stay of the Race Time Radio broadcast crew. Even though Napa is a nationally known name, nearly all of our stores are built from the ground up by local owners and families. People you might call neighbors will be here, there, and everywhere doing what neighbors do to keep their communities moving forward. You stop by a Napa Auto Parts store, you can count on Napa know-how. Basketball has become a global game. From legends such as Hakeem Olajuwon and Dirk Nowitzki to today's superstars like Giannis and Luka Doncic. Giannis to the rim! Slam it with a left hand! There's no shortage of international talent in the NBA. World of Basketball with Fran Fraschilla is a podcast dedicated to profiling the players, coaches, and executives who have led the way in growing the sport in their countries. New episodes are available Thursday on the Sirius XM app and Pandora Podcasts. Alexa, play NASCAR radio on Sirius XM. Sirius XM NASCAR radio from Sirius XM. Start your engine! Gain access to NASCAR's biggest name. Martin Truex Jr. Kyle Busch. Chase Elliott. Hear live coverage of every single race. They're side by side for the win! It's unfiltered 24-7 NASCAR. Welcome to Victory Lane. We've got breaking news. Let's go to the hotline. This is Sirius XM NASCAR radio, channel 90. Listen on the app or at home on devices equipped with Amazon Alexa. Learn more at SiriusXM.com slash NASCAR. Hey everyone, this is World Series champions Lance McCullers Jr. and Carlos Correa. We're excited to announce that our podcast, The Walkout, is now available on SiriusXM. Each episode, we go inside the world of combat sports, providing hardcore analysis, honest opinions, and top picks for every fight. If you share the same passion for combat sports as we do, you need to listen to The Walkout. Episodes are available on the SiriusXM app, Pandora, and wherever you get your podcasts. Race Time Radio is brought to you by Napa Auto Parts Stores, Port Hawkesbury, New Glasgow, and Indigenous Nova Scotia. Drivers, start your engines! Welcome back to the track. Live on Race Time Radio, Sirius XM 167. And welcome back, everyone, to Race Time Radio. Man, this two hours goes by so quickly. Junior, uh, what do we got now? We got Speed Weeks all wrapped up. Daytona 500 in the history books. Congratulations to uh, Ricky Stenhouse on winning that Daytona 500. Uh, Austin Hill for winning Xfinity. Zane Smith for winning the truck race. And uh, Greg Van Ulse to win uh, the ARCA race that happened there. New Smyrna Speedway, uh, all the Canadian contingent that went down uh, over on the dirt. 
put it out to uh, Matt Williamson. He ended up going to Victory Lane. I uh, reached out to Matt, but obviously he's on holidays now. Didn't get him, but we will. We'll we'll get to him and get him on the program and uh, just score this year's 57th World Series at New Smyrna and uh, 75 years in NASCAR. From what we've seen, give it a score. Give it a score. Hmm. How does that rank amongst the, uh, I don't know, amongst 25 years we've been following it? I would I would give it I would give it an A minus an A minus that's pretty is, good that's pretty good good score it was uh, it's a memorable year you know mm-hmm. I I think that uh, there was enough memorable stuff that happened this year that you know we'll we'll chalk it up to the one of the greats mm-hmm. it wasn't perfect no there wasn't enough. Canadian contingent, I don't feel on the short track side of things. Could be better. Quality of competition on that on that side of things. Um, I think that there's definitely some room to uh, grow on the scheduling side of things. Um, well, now I- division wise, I got to give A pluses here. I got to give a, a handful of A pluses to divisions themselves. Okay. Um, Modifieds, tour type modifieds, man, that, that was some cool. They racing. have went. They have they, uh, talk about ebbs and flows. Since I started watching New Smyrna uh, in person with you in the grandstands mm-hmm. uh, when I was what ten years old, seven. <laughs> you know, I remember there being times where there was sixteen, you know, fifteen tour type modifieds there. Right, right. Now they got forty four showing up. Six six oh twos and then they got, the big ones. Well, no, they got forty four showing up for the tour type, and they they got they got forty six oh twos showing up. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know how that happened. <laughs> I I have no idea how that growth spurt happened. The Northeast, that's where they all. Yeah, grow. no, one hundred percent. They've they've done a, a fantastic job. Super late models. Um, I got to give a B. I got to give a B for car count overall car count i gotta give an a plus for quality of car count oh yeah yeah, yeah. phenomenal quality you know casey roderick uh, uh bubba pollard steven nassi connor mozak the list goes on and on and on gabe summers um nagel <laughs> gotta put nagel in there because yeah, he ran really good you do for sure and and but like the the list goes on and on of quality that was there um but but <laughs> Why, and I know the answers, but why would you have, you know, 50 super late models show up for the Snowball Derby and only, you know, 22 to 24 show up uh, for a week of racing at New Smyrna? I know the answers why. You know the answers why. You'll spend as much in that week as you will in a full season, depending on where you're going. Exactly. So so financing is It would be phenomenal to see true crown jewel super late model race smack dab in the middle of the week at the world series um well, i think they came that close be, to it this year well they did with, with the, the super series uh, but that is not a crown jewel that's, a, that's just a point no, no, i did it's it. just a point it. race it's a, a, a phenomenal move by Smyrna, and i don't think you would have had the quality of competition there had you not had that super series race there so i think that that was the contributing factor to having the good cars there Great job, right? Derek Griffith and, you know, the, the list just goes on and on of, of the quality of competition that was there. Now, long term, though, I think that uh, they're, they're in for a little bit of a struggle on the super late model side with the ASA tour 
right? That is is the national ASA tour mm-hmm. um, that is that has started up. Um, they're in for a lot of competition on that side. So uh, I'm really looking forward to seeing uh, more from the pro late model side. Um, that Katie Hettinger, phenomenal to watch. Ryan Luza, wicked to watch. Uh, you know, just the 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 quality of competition there was was wicked and and uh, just a, a great weekend. Yeah, sure was a great nine nights uh, and a, and a great speed weeks. That's going to do it for us tonight here on Race Time Radio. Uh, you can expect lots more Canadian previews now as we get to the other side of Daytona. Uh, but for Joe Junior, I'm Joe Chisholm Senior. Well, hate saying the senior part, but uh, that's me. And uh, we've got to thank Sue right here in the Race Time Radio studio, Scotty back in Toronto, and I uh, believe Tim in the Rev TV studio. Uh, but thanks to all of you, and thank you all for tuning in, watching, and uh, whatever way you get your Race Time Radio, we surely appreciate it. And we will be back with you right here next week. Uh, so be sure to join us as we uh, look into what we're all going to see this summer and this season in 2023, right here uh, in Racing Coast to Coast. Have a good one, everybody. We'll catch you next week, right here on Race Time Radio. Thanks for listening to Race Time Radio. Visit us on the web at www.racetimeradio.com. We hope you'll join us again next time for more Race Time Radio. Come on now, dig, dig, dig. Exclusively on your home for the hardcore race fan. Excellent, buddy, excellent.